Jakob Kaspel is back. Welcome to our, uh, say, the representative of the proud Danish nation. Oh, no, it looks uh, like he, he dropped. dropped. <laughs> in that very... I think he received a call in the very second. All right, this is uh, funky. <laughs> okay. I'm just hoping he, say, he says he was to... thrown off. No, he wasn't. <laughs> we would never do that. Jakob. Alex, I'm here. Axel, can you hear me? I'm actually? here now. I can... Perfect. <laughs> Excellent. Good evening, Jakob. Yeah. I didn't throw you No, no, I, I don't you know. I roll. just lost connection. You did a roll in your kayak. Yeah, 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 yeah. All that kayaking. That's, uh, that's, that's a bit of a mess, but at least it's an F-16. It was an easy... Yeah, we saw this. It was an easy choice this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Our whole team had a big laugh when you sent the photo, but they saw the tweet. Absolutely <laughs> grandiose. I had to. I uh, had can, to. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, everybody, everybody's of, of course excited. Yes, we all know that this is staggered. There's a, a certain uh, um, timing to this. First six, then eight, then more. Uh, this may drag all into 2025, but still, uh, it is a strong sign of... Uh, say, European nations and their support of Ukraine. Uh, the political side cannot be uh, stressed enough. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know how to say it. I mean, I wish, I wish my, my countrymen were to release a few more things. <laughs> Let's put it this way. But <laughs> as you know, that is still, um, there is still someone dithering on the to- at the top. But can you highlight how uh, President Zelensky was welcomed, how the, the Danish uh, public has gone through the weekend because this was obviously quite exciting wasn't it yeah it's been huge i have to say uh, he was at uh, parliament obviously and uh, and it's you know in in an old uh, fortress and uh, and at the the back entrance he he held a big uh, public uh, speech it was also broadcast and uh, a big crowd in there. Uh, it was uh, it was fantastic. Um, I, I I would say if if we look at the um, the decision itself, it's also remarkable that all of Parliament supports it. I mean, not even not even the former Communist Party on the left or. Or the, uh, the 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 right wing uh, are against it, uh, so uh, it's not often you <laughs> you get a full hundred percent uh, behind uh, any any kind of decision. So uh, so that is uh, that that that's huge. I have to say, uh, some of uh, of the listeners here may recall that uh, I've been fairly critical of uh, of of Denmark and. Uh, we were slow to 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 react and uh, slow to commit, and uh, it's it's taken a while. But but finally, uh, now uh, the government is showing some uh, some real uh, leadership. And uh, I have to say, when I thought about it uh, last night, I was thinking it's a bit like 1991 when when Denmark was the first country to. Re-established diplomatic relations with the uh, with the Baltic republics uh, and uh, showing that kind of uh, leadership in uh, in security uh, policy. Uh, so uh, so our our little country is stepping up uh, and uh, yeah I, I'm you know people are proud. Uh, I've said I'm proud, but I I, I think actually to to be honest. Uh, Everyone here is proud that we are, we are finally, you know, showing the leadership, and uh, we're sure that, along with with the Dutch, uh, let's not forget that, along with with the Netherlands, and uh, and and we're certain that that more will follow. Uh, so uh, so it's yeah, it's been a fantastic couple of days, and the uh, you know the the photos coming out, uh, as I said. I've been critical. I, I think we needed to step up. Uh, we've been dragging our feet and having discussions, but uh, but this this is uh, this is fantastic. Yeah, the, the shake hands tour, which President Zelensky had uh, in uh, well 
right in this uh, wonderful, uh, say, environment, standing with pretty much every single representative of the major parties, plus the government themselves, and a couple of um, the, the usual suspects, let's put it this way. And you could see somehow that everyone was positively excited. There's a certain relief in doing the right thing, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, certainly. And, and I, th- I think it also shows, I mean, the, this whole uh, yeah, faulty, uh, flawed debate about uh, escalation and red lines and, and stuff uh, is, uh, is subsiding, uh, fortunately. Uh, it's still being, being played on, you know, on, on, on various media. And I've, I was debating it uh, on, on TV uh, uh, this afternoon, and it's being broadcast again tonight. Uh, but, but I mean, th- th- there's no case for it, and, it, and it, you know, it's just a, a flawed, flawed analysis. And it's it's been that all along uh, since we had the big uh, debate about offensive and defensive weapons and all that. Uh, sorry, uh, in this close circle here, I'll call it nonsense. But. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Everyone who comes up with the concept of those two weapon systems, um, we should always tell them, come closer. I will kill you kindly with my defensive gun. I mean, this is straight. It's nuts. It's absolutely completely utter nuts. Then there are so many people weighing in in these um, public debates. And uh, it always seems to me that there's a mixture of those from academia and from journalism as well as some parliamentarians and a lot of bureaucrats also as well, who simply are completely happy with arguing, as the French would say, la pour la. They are arguing for the argument's sake. Exactly. And, you know, going around and around in circles. uh, Actually, it was funny. I I received a call from a journalist uh, on, uh, on Saturday night, and he said, well, uh, it looks like Zelensky is probably coming to Copen- uh, not Copenhagen, but uh, down southern Jutland, the airbase, uh, tomorrow. And uh, and he actually set up and and asked me all these uh, questions about red lines and escalation. And I, I when he started because he said, okay, I want to be ready with an article first thing tomorrow when when this uh, when this happens. So I said, okay, cool. And then he started asking me about uh, red lines and it just flew out of my, my mouth. Bullshit. <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, so he... That, that didn't make it into the article. It, it didn't make it into the article, but uh, but I was uh, I was being fairly straight, I have to say, and uh, I yeah, it's 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 uh, it's a nonsensical argument. Uh, I was uh, the I was debating uh, on TV uh, tonight with a guy. Uh, he's been uh, a correspondent from for in in Moscow for one of our major newspapers here and and you know he's an intelligent guy and uh, very much into foreign affairs uh, international politics etc and he kept talking about well but in the long run we are, we, it's going to be more difficult to deal with russia and what about will they escalate in the arctic and so on i say no come on this is this is the putin regime we're dealing with and you know we we can do whatever it, it won't matter uh, i mean they they're going to they're going to escalate it anyway uh, and and do whatever they like uh, and uh, the only thing we can do is uh, yeah uh, do our own thing and strengthen our defense and support ukraine and uh, make sure or hope that uh, that 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 will get rid of this uh, regime somehow. So now let's turn to the details a little. Um, the timing is wanting. So not all of the thirty F sixteens which uh, our Danish friends have are currently, shall we say, flight worthy. <laughs> uh, you have a lot of you have a lot of good, um, say, um, pilots. You have a, a very, very decent amount of people who are good at uh, ground staff. Funny enough, some of them were about to leave your services, could actually become good trainers, if I understand this correctly. Yeah. But 19 of these aircraft are available, but you're phasing them out in these tranches of six and eight and then five. Can you explain to the audience why and how that is going to work? Yeah, it's because we are phasing in 
F-35s and uh, they're arriving and uh, we're doing, you know, in the Baltic and, and, uh, and, and this whole thing. So, so, so we can't really do a quicker turnover. Uh, and I'd also say, I think there's a case also for, you know, how much can the Ukrainians absorb uh, in the next months? So I think together with the Dutch and, and whatever, you know, other countries coming forward, uh, I would say there's also a, a limit to, to, to how much can be absorbed. So, so I think, you know, this whole phasing in of the first uh, few uh, uh, in January or, or around the new year, and then uh, next, uh, you know, next bit through 2024, and then the rest 2025, um, and that's that's synchronized with with phasing in of the F-35s. That makes absolute sense. Now, as to the weapons loadout, I understand that the, the Danish Air Force may have uh, maybe even fewer weapons packages. Uh, because they didn't uh, shell out that much money yeah. in recent years. Is that true? Yeah. I mean, we the, there's not been, you know, from what I've seen today, anything confirmed, uh, you know, with the with the packages. Uh, but I guess I guess there'll be something uh, on that uh, in the next few days. I don't know if you've managed to pick something up. I've been running running around uh, all day so i haven't really seen it but at least from what i've seen there's been no you know uh, official uh, info on, uh, on 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 weapons packages but uh, but 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 there no there's there's nothing available uh, currently in that regard there's no confirmation no, I... but i'm just going by what we have been tracking in recent years what uh, denmark might have available yeah yeah, what? Yeah, I, I have to say I, I'm I'm not certain uh, exactly how they're going to to do that. Uh, there could be other of the former Air Force guys that that know more about that. Uh, if there's anyone online here, they should uh, just uh, jump in because I, I'm not uh, I'm not sure what the you know what what are the options. Uh, there. The most recent AMRAMs are certainly not available, and that's the whole thing. So yeah. this is a that's what we've been discussing uh, with a number of our chaps. That essentially one would hope that our American friends would at least be so kind as to provide, uh, yeah, say weapon systems, uh, whilst uh, you provide literally the vessel. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that that could be a, a something uh, ongoing amongst the allies there as to how to get these. Uh, Equipped the best, uh, the best way, uh, the best way possible. I, I, I'd say also uh, interesting. What I'm being asked about is also this whole debate about the the Danish defense bill and living up to the two percent uh, uh, thresh, uh, threshold uh, for 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 NATO contributions. And I'm being asked, well, will will this will this be possible? And uh, and uh, can you know in in that whole calculus uh, will this count? And I'm saying, well, you know, it, Stoltenberg might have said that that it's it's part and parcel of the overall defense uh, uh, calculations. But no one can hide that that our uh, defense and uh, uh, our forces are, are in a in a symbolic state, and and we need a big infusion of. Uh, you know, of uh, of funding for for Danish defense, anyhow. So, so uh, you know, just this is a historical contribution. This is very good, uh, but uh, we need to. We can't rest on on our laurels because of this contribution. We we need to to move ahead and uh, and and improve our own defense uh, because uh, you know the the NATO targets the NATO. Uh, uh, the, the what has been agreed at NATO level that for 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 Denmark, we we're not living up to that. So uh, so we gotta we gotta really keep working hard anyhow. 
Is there a movement, therefore, as a consequence of the momentum now generated in Parliament, is there a movement towards uh, having some kind of a budget commitment um, for the coming years for the 2% threshold? Uh, well, it's already been more or less agreed uh, that, uh, that, that we can't that we can't face it in quicker than than two, 2030 i'm uh, i'm very critical of of that but uh, i also have to say that there have been so many issues uh, with danish defense with the uh, ministry of defense uh, misappropriation of funds etc 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 so you know that's that's that, that whole uh, bureaucratic angle to it, and uh, and that's why also uh, some of the politicians are, are lukewarm to to face it in uh, quicker because they said, well, it could be this this money might not be well spent, uh, so uh, we need to make sure that that the ministry and Danish defense are capable of of absorbing. Uh, and uh, to be honest, uh, it, it's it's a hard case to to make uh, when you want to get to the two percent threshold uh, quicker. That 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 it can actually be handled uh, handled uh, correctly. That's the interesting thing. How attractive is it currently for uh, young men and women to join the armed forces? By the way, in, in Denmark. Uh, that, that, that's been uh, a problem too, but I, I will say, uh, looking at how this has been, you know, down, you know, way, way down the the priorities for for years, and uh, and with politicians just, you know, leaving it as a basket case, uh, uh, it's no wonder, you know. Uh, now, now we're in a new situation, and we have to to look forward and i think uh, young people will will also start to look at it as something meaningful and uh, and 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 positive uh, but you know there's also a uh, uh, you know uh, the, this whole uh, issue of of uh, are they professional in danish defense and ha- have they uh, they've not you know, spent funds well, and there all there've been all these cases and scandals. So, so they also have to get rid of that. Uh, you know, to to show uh, to young people that it's a it's a good uh, organization to to join. Besides the 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 call and and the the course that's there now. It, it, does that mean do I hear that there is a case to be made for? Um, as they say, the fish always stinks from the head. Is there a case to be made that maybe a few more sprightly, younger flag officers should take over? Is there a case for <laughs> changing the um, organizational setup? I, I, I think, uh, I don't know about personnel at the top, <laughs> but I, I think for sure the, the whole organization, because there have been... There were some, you know, there was some restructuring uh, going on, and uh, and some of these branches that have been, you know, marred by these uh, scandals. Uh, there's a case to be made that that the organization behind it is just not, you know, the 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 responsibility is not clear, and etc. Uh, etc. Et so, uh, is it the the you know the the armed forces, or is it all the civilians that have been mixed in, and who bears the responsibility? And what about the the ministry itself, and etc. Uh, etc. Et so, so that's a bit of a that's 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 a big issue going uh, going forward as well. But I, I would say one thing that that uh, there's a big debate about, and, and that several folks that have raised it is you know. The big infusion of cash right now are just, you know, fundamentals. Uh, just plain things, you know, to get the, uh, uh, you know, building, building the, the, building it from uh, not from the not, not not from the chimney, but from the uh, the foundation of the of the house, getting the foundation right and. Uh, and that 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 could be a meaningful 
you know, a big, big contribution right here at the beginning, because there are some fundamentals simply that aren't uh, that aren't working, and and one of our colleagues has has done a great job of that. So, so I think with the the, the defense bill, there's you know, it's 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 been supported widely, but uh, you know, there are still details. Uh, if we can get to the two percent quicker, I, I'm not sure. It is always the same thing, isn't it? You do something uh, well, as they do now. You commit uh, to something, you create momentum. But if you now fail to capitalize on that momentum for the long-term hard slog, uh, nothing is left. It's uh, like Germany's Zeitenwende. It sounds good at the beginning, but if you don't fill it with daily grind and work and planning, uh, it ain't going to help. Yeah, but there you go. Yeah, exactly, and and right. that, that's a bit of the same here. I have to, I have to say, but I, I, I think you know, I was out for a debate this weekend, and uh, you know, the public uh, also, we, you know, I raised this issue that you know, no matter how you look at it, the disorder uh, going out, going, uh, going on uh, globally, just means this is going to be very, very uh, expensive. And we have to talk to our politicians about it. They need to prioritize because it's defense, it's diplomacy, it's development, it's across the board. We need a big infusion of uh, of cash. So uh, yeah, they have to they have to tell us how they prioritize. I, you know, some of the listeners might be uh, aware that we had this huge debate of just financing the, the the defense bill and and they scrapped a public holiday and there was a big row because no one dared saying okay where do we get the savings and uh, and that's that's a problem and there's not the you know the courage the political courage to say well we just need to slice stuff here and there and that's bad luck uh, we have to earn more money and become richer and then we can afford more uh, but for the time being we need to invest in a better world well and the key is uh, now for denmark to make the next step forward but at least you're ahead of the game now let's briefly touch upon the fact that denmark not only has uh, uh, delivers now on the F-16s. He also did in, in very good collaboration with uh, your Dutch and your German neighbors on, uh, um, say, the Leopards. Uh, there's a significant amount of commitment in this, not only shells and training and the likes, but you also helped uh, and co-funded the efforts in Flensburg. Can you talk a little bit about this and how this may actually transform also the Danish land forces? Yeah, I mean uh, <laughs> the, the 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 big issue there is we managed to get all these old uh, uh, Leo ones uh, up and and you know uh, get, getting them ready uh, again, and I I think they're being phased in now uh in 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 big they they have been seen on trucks. Yeah, 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 exactly. And uh, and it, it's a it's a you know it's it's a big number. Uh, is it a hundred and ten or how how many? Yeah, all in all in total, all in total, it's a hundred and ten. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and uh, but but the trouble is for us still, you know, to 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 make the investments. You you also recall that back in uh, was it early February. We uh, donated all the Caesars, and uh, <laughs> talking about scandals surrounding our Ministry of Defense, uh, the trouble was we had to to get some new stuff uh, quickly when uh, when we donated all the 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 Caesars we had just bought, uh, and then the the process was rushed, and uh, they. Uh, decided to order them uh, from uh, from Israel. Uh, not many NATO countries have got the same uh, and uh, that has it's a big row and you might know that our Minister for Defense has been uh, out on, on sick leave and he's just come back uh, and uh, yeah uh, and that that was a big scandal because 
you know, at the uh, DALO, the Danish uh, logistics organization, um, apparently made a, a meal of it. And uh, the minister, before he went on sick leave, uh, managed to misinform parliament because he was poorly briefed by his uh, by his uh, staff, and uh, so the the director at the uh, at the defense department was uh, was sacked uh, or sent home. Uh, was it two weeks ago now? Uh, so, so that that's what I'm saying about these scandals. It's it's been terrible, and and that's why so many questions are being raised about, you know, the the the, the billions of uh, of krona that uh, that uh, Danish defense needs to spend, and with procurement of new. Uh, MBTs, etc., etc., etc. You know, questions are just being raised, and uh, the minister just has to make sure that uh, they get it spot on now, and and not no more nonsense and uh, silly decisions and uh, misinforming parliament, etc., etc. Yeah, that's a thing. Misinforming Parliament, not once, not twice, three times. <laughs> that is a bit of a thing. But or is that tradition now in the Danish MOD? <laughs> we're, uh, no one thought that was who we were, but uh, apparently uh, not everyone got the memo. So <laughs> that's, oh, it's a shocker. It's a shocker. But... Uh, yeah, so so they need to really, you know, clean the clean the house and make sure that uh, they bring it all in order. Uh, no more nonsense because we can't afford it now. It, this has to be serious, and and then you can't fiddle around like that. Yeah, I'm I'm not complaining. I'm just uh, highlighting. We all have our various <laughs> procurement scandals, in one or the other way. It's just that. Um, one would not have necessarily expected that kind of uh, uh, conundrum from our northern neighbors, <laughs> I have to say. This is a, how, do, how do I describe it? It's like shooting yourselves in the foot yeah. right in front of the public for no other reason than you thought, it's probably not a bad idea. Let's try it. I, I think, to be honest, Again. everyone feels embarrassed by it. It's, uh, it's terrible. So uh, everyone just wants to, you know, Get it done properly, but uh, I don't know if they can do it. I, I, this, it, it seems that there are some folks that think, okay, I just need to do this for the minister, and then you know they, they screw it up. Uh, so, uh, so there's a big uh, leadership issue there at the the Ministry of Defence. So, so hopefully, yeah, we got. Yeah, we have to have brighter times ahead of us, I have to say. It's, it's terribly embarrassing. Well, you could sing it like in the 1970s, up up and away, because <laughs> now that you sent the planes, you've done something great. And uh, evidently Denmark's uh, credentials uh, amongst the coalition members uh, have yet again been fully provided. And uh, I think that there's so much positive vibe. It, yeah. You just need to use it. Yeah. You need to use the momentum. Follow Morton Olsen. Yeah. And yeah. you do one thing well, push again. No, 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 no more talk about bureaucratic nonsense. Now we have to stay positive. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Before we go to the next topic, because I have one follow-up on yeah. our most favorite intelligence topic in a second, where, the, by the way, your countryman yet again excelled and presented photos. But I can see that uh, Victor has his hand up. Victor, do you have a question for our topic? Uh, uh, yes, hello. Thank you. Thank you very much for uh, having me speak. Uh, I have a question or a, a comment. Um, I have a problem with this attitude, and it's not just Denmark or, or the Netherlands, but in general, NATO and the Rammstein Alliance. Um, you know, we cannot give us an, an, an F-16 because we don't have an F-35. There's this constant... Uh, Ukraine is at war, uh, full-scale full war. There's this rhetoric talk of we're, they're fighting for us and defending us. And yet the West in general is, is not willing to, to sacrifice, to risk, this risk-averse attitude. Um, a single weapon, it's major weapon is here because they might not be fully secure. Now, first of all, there's Article 5. And secondly, Russia is no position to attack the West right now. Um, but even if, you know, to, to not even take the slightest risks 
um, it's somehow morally, even strategically, I would say somehow, somehow pro- very problematic. Yeah, I mean, uh, you're not uh, hearing any disagreement from me, certainly. Uh, we see this all the time. We also saw it at the, the NATO summit. I, I know, you know, there were some some positive uh, decisions being taken there as well, but but the declaration and and... And that whole approach to Ukraine was uh, was uh, yeah was was really really terrible. I thought uh, so. Uh, so there needs to we need to be much more forthcoming there, and we accepting uh, we accepting blatant terrorism at uh, in broad daylight, uh, missiles uh, being uh, shot at uh, at uh, uh, population centers all through uh, all through Ukraine. So uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it's terrible, but. Uh, <sighs> At least now we 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 got the F-16s. I have to say, <laughs> and uh, and uh, I'm happy about that. Uh, you know, I, all the shortcomings. Yeah, you're 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 so right. But uh, yeah, well, I think I just I think it should be aired more. Just, there's a little bit of risk should be taken because after all, there's a hybrid war going on in the world right now. We like it or not, and the West is part of it. Yeah. Thank you. Fully agreed. Yeah. I, I think, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, Jacob, Victor, we are violently in agreement here. Uh, our issue only is that we um, we advocate for this here day in, day out. We created the campaign for the leopards here. So um, Free the Leopards came from us. <laughs> uh, we've been supporting, we supported the, uh, freeing the falcons or the fighting falcons or vipers, however you want to call them, uh, from here. And we've been arguing for this case and you're absolutely right. There is this risk-averse uh, overall uh, conundrum. I'm not saying that you should sacrifice the whole house or bet the whole house, but there's a lot more which we can do and which we should do, given the fact that we have um, more than just our dominance. We have absolute air supremacy in the West, so we should not fear that. And, um, for example, uh, the, the issue there is more a matter of um, absorption. Uh, Jakob uh, highlighted this beforehand. The Ukrainian uh, Air Force cannot provide sufficient amount of pilots. The numbers are just not there uh, to train up. Should they have been trained up before? Absolutely. This should have started right away last year in March. It hasn't. It's despicable. Yes. But nevertheless, you still, uh, we, we currently have anywhere between 130 and 150 pilots um, who will become available to uh, become fourth generation pilots. Um, our colleague Alex, who tracks this, means Ukrainian, and we, we say we track this very, very closely. We've gone through this in quite some detail. Um, Mr. Enoch was quite right when he uh, highlighted this in one of his interviews earlier in, in spring that um, there is a need for additional pilots, and this need can only be satisfied if you find, so to say, um, the flying tigers kind of uh, for, say, foreign veterans who are willing to sacrifice their careers and their pensions by joining the Ukrainian Air Force. And it is difficult to integrate such a force. It's very difficult logistically. Uh, it's difficult in terms of the communications and flying um, habits. Uh, Ukrainian pilots, uh, when they fly their um, uh, MiGs and Suhoi, fly in completely different patterns than uh, NATO pilots do. And this is also one of the things which came out of the Air Force assessment of the Ukrainian pilots. And we could talk about this as to how this works and what kind of consequences it has. But in, in, in short, it would mean that you have a secondary Air Force flying in parallel um, and it, there will be blue-on-blue blue conflict because of this. And deconflicting this and at the same time not being able to rely 100% on every millisecond to be, you know, um, sufficiently controlled between the pilots who are on the same side is one of the main risks. Is that a risk we should take? 100%. No question. I'm completely in favor of it. Uh, from my point of view, we should be going out and hiring as many pilots and ground staff we can find in the world, uh, get them into a language immersion to the extent that they uh, get along with their Ukrainian colleagues and get fighting, get going. Hands down, no question. But I think, Victor, this is what you had in mind, right? 
Yes, yes, very much. Thank you very much. All righty. Jacob, we have a, our colleague N from Egypt has his hand up. Do you have a few minutes more? Yeah, I have a few minutes. Yeah. Excellent. How are the pyramids? Still standing. Uh, thank <laughs> you so much, Jacob, for uh, joining us and sharing your expertise and your insights. Uh, I've just joined, so I don't know if this was uh, discussed earlier, but I was wondering if you have any thoughts on the Gripen versus the F-16, uh, which will be introduced first to the battle space and which can be simulated faster or quicker and which can be more effective in the current fight given Ukrainian needs. Yeah, I, I would say I, I from what I've seen today, uh, Sweden have not been able to take a decision yet. I think uh, one thing is also the outstanding issue for Sweden on uh, getting into NATO finally. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, I, I, I'm, I'm quite sure that we'll see F-16s first. Uh, whether there will be Gripen later on, uh, let's see. I I think the current government in Sweden it definitely is uh, is doing a lot, and they're talking about more MBTs uh, from uh, from Sweden going to Ukraine now uh, instead of Gripen's. Uh, that was the last uh, thing I saw, I saw this afternoon. So uh, so I think uh, we're we're going to see F-16s. Uh, first up, uh, I've heard. I'm I'm not an expert at this, but I've heard about uh, Australia uh, that is decommissioning uh, F-18s. Uh, uh, maybe there are some folks out there that know more about this than I do. But uh, but uh, from what I've heard, they uh, they would be very useful and uh, uh, with with the particular advantages they have compared to the F-16s. But uh, I think for now, the most realistic thing is to to get these F-16s there ASAP with the training of uh, of all the ground crew and the pilots, etc., and uh, and hopefully more more European nations coming in uh, coming in now. Well, thank you for that. If I may have a follow-up, a quick follow-up. What do you think of the promised or envisioned a strategic cooperation between Ukraine and Sweden when it comes to defense, whether they will do technology transfer or try to uh, establish facilities in Ukraine that can produce uh, Swedish uh, defense platforms? Yeah, this was uh, this is uh, quite interesting. Uh, the... Uh... Talking about uh, Zeitenwind, I would say our Swedish neighbors, uh, as some of you may recall, when the last time I was on, we talked about how close Sweden is to to my home. I can almost see it. But uh, yeah, there's a bit of a Zeitenwind there, and they're really, they're really uh, supporting uh, a lot. And with the defense industry and uh, and uh, partnership with ukraine uh, I, I i think there's uh, we're going to to see that uh, going uh, going forward uh, and i noticed uh, the uh, the prime minister talking about it i think again today uh, from what i saw so uh, yeah there's uh, def- definitely a dynamic there well thank you so much jacob I'll see you Axel. yeah thank you all right team Jacob, let's go back to our most prominent topic for many, many months. Are there more Freedom of Information Act in, uh, photos coming out? <laughs> oh, that famous subject there. Yeah, no, there haven't been uh, things coming out. Uh, there's stuff going on in Germany, I gather. Uh, where they're not giving they're not giving up are they <laughs> well i mean there are actually german uh, media outlets uh, looking at the other side of the story now instead of uh, this uh, whole classical focus uh, on the andromeda and uh, this whole uh, uh, ukraine uh, angle uh, so uh, i i'm actually supposed to show up on set df uh, in the next week or so i did an interview with them uh 
So, uh, so definitely, <laughs> they definitely need they definitely need help. I'm, I'm I commend you for it. Please go there and set them straight because these guys, just like everybody else, have been constantly, constantly treating uh, the German public to this strange dish of that one little boat could do that. <laughs> one and, little uh, boat, yeah. They, they, yeah, yeah, unbelievable. <laughs> uh, the whole shebang, the whole story went through German media and uh, neither the first ARD nor the second ZDF managed to uh, discombobulate themselves. It was absolutely stunning. Yeah. So, so okay. So, uh, so you'll be speaking to them and giving some, uh, giving them some hard truths. I would. Yeah, but I, I, then I hope the e- editor doesn't uh, doesn't uh, you know uh, slice it all. Uh, what I've been uh, what I've been saying. I can't even remember the the name of the program. It's uh, it's not. <sighs> Yeah, it's it's about a half an hour show, I uh, I think, uh, and then they slice it up to two fifteen minute uh, portions. Uh, so hopefully it should be on. I'll uh, I'll make sure to tag you if uh, if I if I make it to to set the. <laughs> well, well, if you make it there, I like. No, but the thing is, uh, as we all know. Um, there is more than sufficient evidence that the uh, Russians have created this for themselves, by themselves, very comprehensively. There's hundreds of photos, good satellite data. Um, This has been so clearly um, uh, discussed and by now also proven that it is is worrying that uh, there are still people trying to play up against... uh, a Polish company. And a few days ago, finally, the German media found out what we have been saying, I don't know, about four or five weeks ago, that essentially uh, there were Russian owners to the entity. Oh, what a surprise (laughs) that there was Russian personnel. No, really. That the woman who was the scapegoat and the tankist evidently was Russian. (laughs) And and she recently, she recently, recently had money transferred. Oh, what a surprise. Quel surprise. It, it, it goes on and on. Quel surprise. <laughs> How could they miss that all? Yeah. yeah. So uh, hopefully, and I, uh, yeah, at least that was what I said to uh, ZDF. So uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully it'll be, it'll be out there. All righty. Uh, yeah. Jacob, thank you very much on this wonderful day with this fantastic kayak start. Yeah. Um, very much appreciated that, that you took the time. Uh, please follow up and let us know when we have more, more to know about the changes in Denmark as to the identity of the king. Yeah. You know? the, 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 the F-16 kayak is my favorite. It's been like that for, for months now. Uh, and uh, and uh, it will uh, it will it will stay out on the on the lake uh, next to our house here. So uh, <laughs> it'll be out all the time. But uh, good to be on and good to talk to you all. Thanks. Maritak, Mercedes, I think for that we now need a UV a UV aquavit. Pardon, UV. Jubi Aquavit, Jubileums Aquavit. Ah, yeah. I must say, it's such a pleasure to be actually uh, in this position on such a big day. We've been dreaming of this delivery for so uh, for so long, and now it's finally there, and I can be host, co-host, which makes me actually an easy start and a nice start, which I'm very glad. Yeah, <clears throat> since there are no... wait, wait until wait until the crazy news breaks. Like uh, uh, I, I mean, I have something, uh, of course, uh, prepared and written about which Tell I would me. like. Yeah, for example, this uh, Russian Elena Kolobaskiova, which has uh, been doing all those crazy riots here in, in Germany, had a visitation today from uh, police, as you probably know. <clears throat> and tell, tell our audience who she is and what she does. Yes, this is a awful woman living in a, with a man who has been working actually at um airport and has been fired there because he had already uh, violated some uh, uh, 
security measures uh, by bringing uh, we a weapon into his uh, um, lock locker. And uh, they both together has been organizing uh, Russian uh, pro-Russian riots, uh, pro-Russian demonstrations in Germany. And they have been doing it for quite a long time. And la uh, the latest one was uh, like, uh, I think, two days uh, ago in Köln, where the, there was actually a demonstration pro-Ukraine. Uh, pro and uh, they had the nerve actually to register a pro-Russian demonstration, which uh, should uh, kind of uh, interfere with it. But uh, the police uh, actually changed their road so, so they was not they, they have been not able to really uh, uh, yeah pay uh, pay a lot of uh, uh, damage uh, to those people but uh, funny thing actually uh, there have been like I think uh, a lot of cars and people registered uh, for this demonstration but the number of people who have showed up was, was less than actually the cars which is uh, police cars which has been driving with them anyways with the very most important part is that they had a visitation uh, today by the police and uh, they found some uh, uh, weapons in their house, which uh, still are to be actually validated. Uh, uh, yeah, Ex uh, investigated if those are real weapons or just uh, good uh, atrapies uh, uh, copies. But uh, nevertheless, uh, there, there was uh, uh, some real trouble in the house and by the way we got also some insights from her house and it looks like really a little bit like in russia you can't imagine such uh, circumstances actually here in germany but yes they are here so uh, you you can ruin a good thing Marcellus. it's absolutely possible but did you also see that the uh, uh friend and colleague of this woman eugen walter aka oh the pro-Russian uh, activist from Krefeld in North Rhine-Westphalia, unfortunately, during the night, had a car accident and passed away. Oh, that didn't cross my attention. Thank you, sir. Yeah, unfortunate for him. I'm sure there are people who uh, miss him. Uh, I don't have to. And I think uh, the whole of Ukraine is better for it that he doesn't have to be listened to any further and is not uh, advocating for genocide any further. That it had to come yes. to this is unfortunate, but there you go. He also was constantly and regularly um, uh, in imagery with a lot of very despicable people, including those politicians of the AFD who traveled into Russia recently. And he was also, mm -hmm. of course, a friend, uh, sorry, he was posted often enough with the likes of Oscar Lafontaine, because that's what you do in the horseshoe, right? You meet with the supposed political enemy. <laughs> they need go. to stand together for whatever it takes. It was always the same. And we people, can... why don't they? Why don't they all jointly go to Siberia if it's so nice over there? Oh no, they don't. It's not that nice. They can go to Russia, but please don't step uh, stop anyway on the way. <laughs> it would be so don't nice. let don't let the fence post of the. Uh, of the border guard hit you on the way out. There you go. All righty. So that, that was an interesting piece of news. And I think it's good to hear that uh, um, these uh, people are now all finding their way either through reintegration in the food chain or through having a, a few indictments coming their way into oblivion. All right. What else do you have? Um, yeah, there was... Um... Ukraine actually is preparing some kind of interesting deal with insurance companies from Great Britain, I believe, uh, to actually uh, cover the insurance for ships to take out their grain. So they are going to ship them anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's that. That is the um, um, a political risk insurance club where Ukraine is about to sponsor the first loss which is an interesting uh, component and uh, makes a great deal of sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Yeah, and there, there are also some tragic things which I don't want would would not like to to come up with as, as first because it might drain down actually really bad. Well, then I I'll start with one of those because for those people who still haven't found sufficient motivation in themselves intrinsically, who need a bit of extrinsic uh, cajoling. The PMC, so-called Private Military Corporation, Wagner of all parties, meaning their um, paramilitary and uh, uh, public relations arm, has held a summer camp in Russia for kidnapped Ukrainian children. If your stomach is not turning yet, please speed dial your elected official now. Okay, then let's bring me um, bring it up. Uh, and if it was still not enough, if you remember uh, the six-year-old, which has been uh, Sofia, which has been killed by a missile, there has been actually sixty-four thousand Russian on Telegram laughing at her, and yeah, commenting as as you know as they do. 64,000. I just want to remind, it's not Putin's war. There are 77 million Putins. So whatever change anyone looked for by swapping a government or whatever, those are the Russians. It's not Putin. Yes, yeah, 100%. Only. 100%. Every dictator uh, needs a large underbody of the population to, and organizations uh, below him in order to exert that power. And he needs complacency and he needs to induce complacency. He needs to uh, create the conditions for complacency and a cult at the same time. And all of that the Putin regime has created and people have followed because their own irredentist, unmitigated irreverent nationalism, their despicable racism, their complete and utter bereft of any moral compass, unenlightened colonialism breaks every single rule which we've developed.